Go ahead and turn over to Psalm 139. We're going to talk today about why God and moms are alike. And in Psalm 139, this is something that was on David's heart. And he starts in verse 1. And he says, O Lord, you searched me and you know me. You know, when I sit and when I rise... You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, so what a psalm. And sometimes we forget that the psalms are just prayers that somebody prayed. It's recorded for us. It was what was on their heart. It was personal. They were speaking to God. And David, you know, we don't know where he was when he said the psalm. But he was just connecting with God. He was thinking through his relationship with God. What God meant to him and just his counsel, his guidance, his presence. And so many things about the love of God reminded me of a mother's love. The first point that came to mind when I, I read this, thinking about moms and God, is moms like to create beautiful things. Now, you think about decorating a house. You know, most men, they don't care what our colors are. The fact that towels match is really awesome. Yet I remember getting married and uh, Cheryl's like, well, what, what color towels do you want? I go, 
really doesn't matter. Why don't you and the sisters figure that out? I'll be fine because all the towels will be the same. That'll be really awesome. You know, the little touches, the little accessories, all, you know, all little things that they put around the house just to create that ambience. And, you know, Cheryl will come home from the store and she'll be like, look what I got. And she's all excited about just like the little things. I'm like, it's really awesome, babe. That's, that's great. You know, in the early days, you couldn't just go to the store and buy clothes. They actually had to make them. And I was thinking about, like, knitting. Uh, my mom knit a little. My Both my grandmothers knit a lot. And so, you know, it, I love the Internet because you can find things out. So I just put in, how many stitches does it take to knit a sweater? There was a lady that knitted a sweater and then went through and counted every stitch in the sweater. 70,532 stitches. Now I want you to think for a moment, if you wanted to clothe your child with a sweater and you couldn't go to TJ Maxx or Marshalls or Macy's and buy a sweater, but clothing your child was a commitment To 70,532 of that thing. Would your child have a sweater? You don't have to answer, at least not in their hearing. Yeah, you think about bed sheets, Egyptian cotton, thread count. You know, you know what thread count is? It's the number of threads per square inch. So the higher the number, the more tightly woven and more comfortable the threads. But think about in the days before you could buy sheets. What it took. You're like, well, how many thread count sheets would you make for your bed? You know, moms are creative. And so is God. And David is connecting with this. And he thinks, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You realize every human spent about one hour as a single cell. The start of your life, you were one cell. For one hour. Now you're made up of approximately 100 trillion cells. And each cell has about 100 trillion atoms. You think about God's handiwork involved in your life. I mean, that's just a lot of zeros involved. That's, That's a high thread count in your life. You know, the first cell... That God made is what they call an embryonic stem cell. And that cell is amazing because it can do one of two things. It can either just produce a copy of itself or that cell can become every other cell in the human body. You see, God started your life with that. 
You know, I don't know how people can understand the human body and life and all that and think that God is not involved in the process. It's so spectacular and it's so amazing. But God knew you when you were one cell. And now you're about 100 trillion. You know, interesting fact about the body, you have more cells of bacteria than you do of human in your body. Right now you have somewhere three to five pounds of bacteria in your body that you live with. But bacteria is good. If you ever take strong antibiotics and it wipes out all bacteria, you'll know what I mean. But God is amazing. And David didn't understand all this stuff about cells and atoms and molecules. He just knew, God, it's amazing what you've done in my life. And yet too often, we live life feeling insecure about who we are. We don't feel special. And God's like, you don't understand what's gone into you. He said, you are spectacular. I made you exactly the way I wanted. He's proud of his handiwork. Just the way moms are of their kids. There's nothing like a mother's love. And God has that love for you. And David connected with it. Say, how connected are you to the love of God? You know, on our good days, it's easy to connect with the love of God, isn't it? Because we know, oh, he's, he's proud of us. I'm having a good day. I'm being a good Christian. Of course he loves me. He's proud of me. What about on your bad day? You think God is any less proud of you? Has any less love for you? Oh, no. Because you're his creation. He brags about you. He went to great lengths and he says, I knew you. He said, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God had his vision and his plan and his destiny, his dream for your life. When you were one cell. You know, God is not up in heaven with his arms crossed going, you really are being fairly mediocre. And I'm not sure if I should have good plans or bad plans for you. So I'm just going to kind of wait and see. No. Just like every mother, they've got a great vision for their children. And it never fades through the good and the bad. God's dream and vision for your life has never faded. And it started before one day came to be. Moms like to create beautiful things. And so does God. He made you. And he's proud of what he made. You know, the second thing I see from Psalm 139, how moms are like God. Moms have eyes in the back of their head. It was a kid. Mom, moms, they just found things out. 
They're like, how? How did they know? They just know. They're hardwired with the ability to know things. Moms know that if the children are not making noise, that's the scary times. Because if kids are purposely being quiet, they're up to no good. If they're loud and rambunctious, okay, they're fine. When you hear nothing, be very afraid. But moms, they just find stuff out. They just know stuff. They're just intuitive. A mom can look at her son or daughter and know there's something wrong. They don't even need to say a word. They can just look at their face. They just look at the body language and they know, all right, what's wrong? Come on. Moms just know. They're connected. They're aware. They're observant. And you see David, you know, kind of expressing his thoughts. He goes, I mean, you know when I sit, you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Said before, before words on my tongue, you know it completely. He goes, if I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. Even if I go on the far side of the sea, you're there. God is just there always from early until late. He's just never not there with you. Now, whether or not we acknowledge or feel his presence, that's a whole different discussion. But David's like, I can't go anywhere. Now, sometimes you feel that as a kid. I can't go anywhere. Mom, mom knows. It's good. Keep thinking that if you're a child. But moms want to know. Moms ask a lot of questions. They ask a lot of questions of people that know their children so they can find out more details that aren't always forthcoming from their own children. You know, you sit in a car after school. Father's like, how school? Fine. Great. I heard everything I need to know. It was just a fine day. Not for a mom. Well, what was great about it? What did you do at school? What did you learn? Who would you talk to? What would you talk about? There's expectations of knowledge communicated. It's a very different conversation. You see, God, God is so intimately aware of every detail. If you're texting on your phone right now, God knows. Just thought I'd throw that in. You know, if you're sitting in the back row so you can check sports scores during my sermon, God knows. Mm-hmm. What does God know about you right now that nobody else knows? You know, sometimes he knows a lot of good things that nobody found out about. Nobody thanked you for, but God knows. And sometimes we feel like, well, I do all these good things, but nobody pays attention to what I do. Does my life really matter? Well, God, God sees every detail. He's so fired up about every good thing that you do. He knows every thought that you have. 
He knows every feeling. He knows everything that's made you happy, and he knows everything that's made you sad. He knows everything that's made you mad. So what does God know about you? You know, it's really comforting to know God's always with you, unless you want to do something bad. Then that's no longer comforting. You're like, wait, does he see me? You know, and sometimes we actually think that no one knows. No one knows what we're watching on TV. No one knows what we're looking at on the Internet. Nobody knows the conversation I had in the car on the way to church. No one knows what I did at work. No one knows what I did on my taxes. No one knows. No, just like David said. He goes, wherever I go, you're with me. You know, moms, they're with you. We say, well, I I don't live near them anymore. They'll look at your Twitter account. They'll look at Facebook, Instagram. Why? Because they want to know what's going on. They want to feel connected. See, I love the words. It says, you discern. You searched. You know. You perceive. Like there is an active knowledge search and experience between God and your life. See, moms have eyes in the back of their head. They want to be connected. They want to know. Why? Because point number three, just like God, moms want what's best for you. Now, sometimes we say moms know what's best, and I'm just going to say God's want what's best. God knows what's best. He designed us. But every mom has a vision for their children. They want to see them grow up. To be good citizens. Good people. Good employees. Good men. Good women. They do not have a vision of a 40-year-old grown-up that acts like a 10-year-old. Maturity is a goal that moms have for their kids. And, of course, every parent has to wrestle with, you know, if the kids aren't living out the maturity goal, how do you handle that in the moment? You know, as I was uh, working on the lesson this morning, I went outside uh, to pray, and I, I saw this whole episode in the tree, and this hawk came and landed on this big tree right next to my house. And why the, hawk, the hawk's just sitting there doing nothing, but all of a sudden all these crows just started dive-bombing the hawk. One after another, after another, after another, and the hawk was just like, you know, kind of leave me alone. I'm just sitting here. And they just kept going relentlessly until 
the hawk finally flew away. And as soon as the hawk flew away, you know what the birds did? They chased it. And there's like four or five of these black birds, and they're going at it, kind of diving, and like, now get, get out of here. You know why? Because you don't mess with Mama Bear. Hey, there's babies around, and they're protecting them. Why? Because they got a vision of the little baby blackbirds growing up to be big blackbirds. And there's times that it's just good to be protected. But you know what? At some point, that little bird's got to grow up and become an adult. It's got to get out of the nest. It's got to learn to fly. And there's all kinds of different things that are kind of cool about what birds do to get their little babies to fly. And I just want to share one. There's, there's a, a bird called a Guillermo. It looks French. G-U-I-L-L-E-M-O-T. Guillermo. I don't know. Sounds official if I say it that way. But they live in the cliffs near the ocean. And so what what the mother bird will do when, when the birds kind of get their flight feathers, but they still can't fly yet, they lead they lead the babies to the edge of the cliff, through through the colony of birds, and they lead lead them to the edge of the cliff. Then the mother bird flies off the cliff down to lower ground and calls out to the young. And the young will jump off the cliff to go see their mom. They can't fly, so they start flapping their wings and they kind of fly clumsily and crash land on the ground. And then they get right back up and they walk with their mom to the ocean. You go... Wow, why would they jump off the cliff? Because they trust their mom. You go, well, how can jumping off a cliff be any good at all? Because if they didn't, they weren't, wouldn't learn to fly. And they wouldn't grow up, and they would be easy prey. You know, there's times in our life, like David, he's like, man, just slay the wicked. You ever had one of those days? God, just kill off everyone I don't like. <laughs> you may not have said it, but there's times where you probably think it. You know, if you had a button, nuke everyone on the 405 who's blocking me from getting home, would you be tempted to push it? Tired of traffic, you know. And David's just having one of those days. God, just like get rid of them all. Just like tired of people. God didn't do that. Because just like being led to the edge of the cliff, sometimes the thing we need most to learn to fly, to learn to grow, to learn to mature, is to be put in a tough situation. And so there's times that you protect, and then there's times where you say, okay, you got to jump over that cliff. You got to learn to fly. It's time to grow up. You know, in the Christian life, we get situations where we think, okay, life's going fine. And then all of a sudden, why does all these bad things happen? God, how can you love me? And God's like, it's because I love you that I'm allowing this situation to happen. 
Because you're not going to grow up unless you go through this situation. But how do we read it? What did I do wrong? Now think about the little baby bird. I mean, the nest is so awesome. I just want to spend the whole Christian life just in the nest. Just feed me all day long every day. And God's like, "Mm, no. You can start out that way. But then it's time to grow up. You see, there's a time where God steps in and he protects. And we don't always know. But one of the greatest promises, he says, I will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. God knows what our real limits are. Now, there's times we feel like, oh, no, they pushed me beyond the limits. God says, nope, not true. It may have felt that way, but you can handle it. Because I won't let them go beyond what I know you can handle. No matter what. I love that verse. It means we're always in a situation that we can handle. Not on our own strength. But it's never over the top. But God's goal is to be like his son. God looks at you and he looks at me. And mature Christian growth is what he has in mind. Say, what's he doing in your life right now? Is there anything he's trying to accomplish in you? Like, no, I'm not going near the edge of that cliff. I mean, you look at your spiritual life. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, and I believe you'll agree with me, your times of greatest growth were always through difficult times. We don't grow when life is easy. We love it. but We don't grow from it. We just kind of bask in the moment. And those are glorious days when that's happening. But as we journey through life, sometimes God says, all right, it's time. And he picks a battle. He picks a stage of life and he goes, you need to go. You say, what's going on in your life right now? How's he engaging you? Maybe you're studying the Bible. And he's coming at you again and again. And he's saying, it's time to change. You know, this sin that has run your life for decades, it's time. I've worked with you. And I love you. But now it's time. It's time to change. And God says, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm expecting you to grow and mature. Say, why does he do that? Because he loves you. That's the way a mom loves her kids. It's the same type of love. It's that nurturing, visionary, protective love. Says, I got a vision for you. And I would not be satisfied if I felt like You weren't achieving the greatest. Because I want you to have an awesome life. God did not create us for mediocrity. God did not send his son to die on the cross to be stagnant spiritually. 
He set us up for victory. And it's our own immaturity that holds us back. And so even as we speak, God is working in every single one of our lives to push us to maturity. God and moms, they're like, oh, they create beautiful things. It doesn't matter if it takes a while. How ornate and intricate, and they're proud of what they accomplish. The same way God is, is proud of what he accomplished in your life. So, yeah, he's got eyes in the back of his head. He knows. Now, the good news is you're never alone. Because if you're hurting, if you're struggling, God's like, hey, I'm right here with you. He wants to build you up. He wants to give you strength and confidence in that moment. Yes, you can do it. I'm with you. The way Mary stood by Jesus at the cross and said she was near to the cross. Why? She could have stood in the back row and she could have seen him. No, she wanted to be in a place where he could see her. The way Josh shared about Laura. Goes to see Caleb when he's in the hospital. She can't change anything about his physical situation. But she can be present. God says, oh yeah, you may go through tough times, but you just look. I'm here with you. We'll get through this together. And finally, God wants what's best for you. He put a lot of work. A hundred trillion cells of work into you. He wants only what's best. And there's times where he will protect And then there's times where he says, it's time to grow up. As we enjoy Mother's Day, as we honor our moms, appreciate what they put into us, we say, where did they learn to love that way? I believe they learned it from the heart of God. Because that's the way he treats us. David was connected with God and who he is. And I pray that every single one of us, as we leave, can experience the same thing. That we can share in that same connection with God. That same intimate relationship. That, that bonding, strengthening, courage-bringing knowledge of who God is in our life. That can empower us to go and accomplish things that we never thought possible. God's and mom, God and moms are alike. Let's celebrate that together today. Let's be mindful of it as we enjoy the weekend together. Love you. May God be with us all. Let's stand on up as we close in a final song.